Alright, everyone listen up if you want to get those other useless maggots back. You mean you can get our friends back? Shut up, maggot. Yes, sir. My name is Frieza, ruler of most of the known galaxy. He is known throughout the galaxy as the most terrifying and evil person there is. I know. What? I'm going to beat him up. Go on, smash this feminine alien. Go on, strong and serious. Give me more. Welcome back to the next dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. I'm Donovan, and as always, I am joined with Mr. Jesse Garrett. And uh, as a swerve from how it usually is, we are covering the emails after the main review. Uh, as we mentioned last episode, it's due to time and busy schedules, but uh, we are we endeavor to. Uh, hit up your feedback before the month is out. So, uh, without further ado, how are you doing tonight, Jesse? I am good. Uh, got off work a, well a little early, and enjoying the evening. Excellent. Great to be podcasting with my number one co-host, my my only co-host. <laughs> Take that, Joiner. <laughs> um, so I'm part uh, of a panel there. That's right. We're that's right. Team. It's an ensemble group, of course. Not like a one-on-one like you and me. Um, before we hit up the emails, do you have anything to add uh, in, that, that may have happened in between last episode's recording and today? Uh, nothing big. I do have a, uh, a fun little trivia piece I, I found on the news the other day. Uh, let me pull it up. There we go. So, the uh, are you familiar with the game World of Warcraft? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've not played it, but I'm, I'm familiar with uh, mm-hmm. its existence. Uh, I haven't either. My, my brother-in-law is a big a big fan of it. He's played, I think, since its inception, and they recently released a new expansion pack for it. And as far as I know, this is a new feature to the expansion, but there is an area, because the, like, the whole game is based on maps and running to new areas, and you have an interactive world you live in. Well, there is a area you fight, you area you come upon, a character named G-O-H-K-U-U, Goku. And another character called Napagash. <laughs> and there's also a giant weapon positioned in the stage, like a giant's weapon, that's positioned in such a way that it looks like a Saiyan space pod. Really? Yeah. So it's it's a cool little uh, it's a cool little Easter egg they've hidden in there because of course that game has tons of little Easter eggs and nods to other other universes and genres. Uh, the the last thing I want to say is that uh, um. The characters have mana for their magic, and Goku's mana, yeah, it's 9,001. <laughs> no way! <laughs> awesome. I like that. That's funny. It it's, is- it's a cool little anecdote, especially because as Americans, we, we kind of compare Dragon Ball and anime to you know English and to American culture pretty often, and it's cool to see that you know, other people do too, and, and it kind of cross-pollinates into everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've seen it referenced. I've seen Dragon Ball referenced uh, on other properties. Like I remember it was referenced one time on um, Codename Kids Next Door. But uh, not playing World of Warcraft. That's that's pretty awesome. I li- I really like the nine thousand and one. <laughs> yeah, that was like just the, the 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 cream of the crop. I was like, wow, that is awesome. <laughs> Sweetness. Um, and I'm trying to think like uh, if there was anything in terms of like the. Uh, Dragon Ball Z revival of F news that came out. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I've just I've seen more people. Me and some coworkers were like just talking about 
talking about it and kind of spitballing what we think it would be about and just like the general idea, like the consensus about Frieza coming back and if he needs to come back again. And like, my, I mean, a lot of people share the kind of opinion I have, which is just, yeah, let's see what it is. Like, we have such goodwill from Battle of Z, Battle of Gods, that yeah, right. Yeah, it's like you know, uh, you could have worse villains than Frieza come back. I mean, it's not like they're bringing back Nappa <laughs> or uh, Brawl or anything. Oh, what? Oh, one thing we have to mention, and this is this is actually timely for us to do our our feedback episode now is that this past week was the 30th anniversary of Dragon Ball um god I forgot the date <laughs> hold on a second November 21st second <laughs> November 20th November 20th okay, in no- 19 November 20th 1984 Dragon Ball first came out in the uh in the uh, weekly Shonen Jump magazine where you know we were introduced to Goku and Bulma, and ever since then, it's it's ballooned into this humongous franchise. So that's pretty now, cool. Do you know if it were if it was a hit from the start, like if it was popular, or did it did it take some time to kind of gain traction? That's an interesting question. As far as I'm aware, as far as I've been you know read up and you know I've been made aware, uh, it was because it came off of like because Akira, Akira Toriyama already by this point was a name. He's already been popular with Doctor Slump, which he ran for several years. So it was. It got an audience, but I believe it wasn't like a surefire major success until the World Tournament arc, which was the second storyline story in Dragon Ball. It was after um, it was after we we uh, went through the peel off arc and the Dragon Balls were first summoned. It's like it's basically basically when um Krill and Goku were training under Master Roshi for the World, for tournament. The world tournament. That's when it got, got really really big and popular. So oh, okay. about, maybe maybe like like by the end of the first year. Hmm. Now I'm sure we we've, we've probably discussed this before, but it, would it be fair to say that Dragon Ball got more popular with Z when when Z launched? Oh, unquestionably, unquestionably. Um, I mean, like Dragon Ball Z. That's I know that like it in America they tried uh, bring over Dragon Ball first, but it just never never stuck. But when Dragon Ball Z came out, it was just a mega success. I mean, it was it it never stopped being popular as it was going on in Japan. But like I know during the uh, Freeze and Cell arcs, it was at the height of its popularity. Oh yeah. I know. Well, I guess my alone. question really is: I know it got more popular in in like America to American audiences, mm-hmm. and I can I can kind of see just from what I do know about Dragon Ball, I can kind of see the appeal of Z to an American audience. But did was Z more popular in Japan also, or did did it just kind of maintain the same level of popularity and of goodwill to the fans? as it transitioned from Dragon Ball to the, I guess, what is known as Z for the anime. Yeah, it did. It did. I know that, like, uh, the episode where Goku first went Super Saiyan in Japan was the highest-rated episode this, that the anime ever had. And um, I'm pretty... I mean, I know that, like, I mean, it, it remained uh, the top-selling manga to the point where it's, even to this day, like, like years after the, it's ended, it's still, like, one of the top-selling manga ever. Like, it, like in, in terms of, like, the total manga uh, series, it's, like, number two. Like it's, oh, wow. it's 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 huge. I mean, it's enormous. And I know that like I'm obviously in in um Japan. It's always been Dragon Ball, even though from the very beginning to like you know the end of DBZ. And one continues like a long story. But I know that like when it got to the Dragon Ball Z portion with the Super Saiyans and the super villains and the androids and all that kind of stuff, it was it was and it was never like out of the news. It was just continuously popular. Um, so it definitely it definitely maintains popularity throughout the course of its run. And even to, I mean even to this day, like it's finding oh, yeah. it's finding um new audiences with new content. I mean, Battle of Gods was a huge success in Japan, and um, I know Dragon Ball Kai was canceled 
uh, by the end of the Cell games, but that that may have been through a number of. There may be, there's there's an interesting episodes of the Constant Shoot podcast which discuss that it wasn't necessarily because people were sick of Dragon Ball, but like other factors laid into that. But um, Dragon Ball as a franchise, as as a you know Toriyama series, has always been like you know a huge thing in Japan. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Goku, I know Goku's like a, a cult hero over there. Yeah. Um, if I, I'll, I'll actually pimp Kazan, she came up with a 30-year uh, online PDF magazine, which you can kind of check out, which is very interesting tidbits of uh, the series and um, American fandom and Japanese fandom. It's, pretty, it's really cool. I, I recommend people to go over to Kazan and check that out. But um, and it's interesting that we're talking about the 30th anniversary now because... Uh, not only are we at the end of the series, near the end of the series with the Boo Saga, we'll be we'll be done in about five months or so with the series. But um, tomorrow, not tomorrow, next month is our third anniversary of our podcast, and we might have something uh, planned for that. We're not gonna say what it is just yet. It might be a little bit of a surprise, but it's interesting that there's a couple of anniversaries to celebrate, and uh, you will see some sort of celebrated content uh, next month. And we we completely plan that. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did in some cases. Uh, Three years ago, we said, "Hey, here's how we're going to work this out." I, I, I say celebrate. It might, it might, it should be a fun thing for us to discuss. That's completely outside the scope of our usual series content. I was like, let's, let's, let's just say it's out of continuity. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I get a kick out of just discussing Dragon Ball in general, like the impact of the show, mm-hmm. not even like the storyline. Like that's a whole other, a whole other, you know, interest for me. But yeah, just, just how how ingrained it is and how because it is a pop culture phenomenon right you know, it's, it's it's up there with any type of you know comic books uh like star wars you know movies like that it's it's so well known and so beloved and and been up yeah 30 years now that's a lifetime oh it's yeah older than i am and i'm, <laughs> I'm still a new fan like yeah it's um it cannot be overstated how how insanely popular it is in Japan and like you know I think it's Haiti in America has come and gone but it still has huge fans in America too or I mean hell across the world really I mean like you know it's huge in Mexico it's huge in Britain it is a legitimate like worldwide franchise phenomenon which has made Kira Toriyama a very rich man <laughs> which is ironic because Toriyama doesn't really understand why it's so popular. He's a very soft-spoken guy who's, who just kind of just does whatever he wants and doesn't really invest too much in the series. That's why he forgets things that he even did, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Now, do you know, does Toriyama own the, own the characters, own the rights to Dragon Ball? Well, um, I know that the rights are shared by Toy Animation for the animation production. Like, uh, I mean, they, I mean, they, they, if if Toy want, that's why Dragon Ball GT was made. Even though Toriyama didn't do it, Toy Toy had the rights to animate it, which is why you know they they did their own series and the movies. Mm. Um, but like, I know, I believe, like in terms of the manga, the original comic book, Toriyama owns the rights. And with, with things like Dragon Ball SD, which are sort of side stories from the past, I believe people have to ask his permission to work with those characters. I mean, they can't just like, ha- I like. You won't see manga content in the Dragon Ball Z manga canon done by anybody else but Toriyama, because I think that's the, where the legal aspect of it goes. Okay, because yeah, like I know since it is the started off as the Japanese equivalent of a comic book of a yeah. you know, comic, like you look at American comics, and that's a that's a whole big ordeal going on right now, and it has been going on, and just who gets the rights, who owns what. Oh yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't know since you know Dragon Ball didn't start off as a product of a said company necessarily. Like I know it was featured in a magazine, but 
Well, yeah, it was it was an anthology thing. It's sort of like uh, in action comics, Siegel and Schuster did Superman, but you also had like you know other stories in action comics number one, like Zatara and like you know Jungle Guys or whatever. That nobody remembers. <laughs> yeah, they didn't last long. Wait, wait, um, Zatara was in action comics number one. Oh uh, yeah, he was. I forget who. Like who, father of Zatanna. That's right. That that what? is that is a fact. Um, I'm I, forget, I forget who created him, but um. It's uh, and I think I believe it was the same thing with, with Detective Comics. Is obviously Batman wasn't in Detective Comics number one. There was other. It was another anthology kind of series. But like you know, he became so popular that he was pretty much the headlining character for it. Um, and I and I know that Shonen Jump has had a lot of other successes too. I mean, I believe Yu Yu Hakusho was in Shonen Jump. But um, you know, Dragon now, Ball. Shonen is, Jump a, a particular a particular book itself. It's it's like like the way that like a publication. Yeah, it's a publication. It's, it's it's pretty much like if you like you see in the newspaper, you'll see Garfield, Peanuts, Heathcliff, like like those in one newspaper. It's I, I don't want to get the vocabulary wrong, but like I know it involves like uh, I don't want I don't want to throw out vocabulary because I might misspeak on those certain terms. But um, it's essentially a uh, a weekly manga collection of series, and you have different artists, and there'll be each one is a chapter. Like every week, there's a new chapter of the next series. So it's like this week, you'll see the chapter where Gotix is fighting Boo, and then you'll see the latest chapter of Yu Yu Hakusho, and then next week you'll see the chapter where Gohan arrives, and then, you know, it's like that kind of thing. Okay, and uh, Akira Toriyama's newest uh, manga, uh, what is it? Jacko the Intergalactic Spaceman? That was in the same book? You know, I don't honestly know. That's a good question. I truly don't know because, I mean, I'm pretty sure Shonen Jump still going on, but I don't know if that was distributed the same way. Okay, um, but but that references Dragon Ball, and he doesn't have any rights issues as far as that goes. No, yeah, that <laughs> he did a swerve where like, oh, actually, this female character is Bulma's older sister, and by the way, Jocko the, the Galactic Patrolman is on the hunt for Goku, who is a Saiyan from Planet Vegeta. Like, he kind of like like did a swerve on that one. No one saw it coming, but uh, yeah, I I I I'm, it might be on. Shonen Jump? I really don't know. I mean, someone might have to write in and answer that. I'm sure if I had the time, I'd just go and concentrate you and look. But, oh, yeah. um, that reminds me. Um, there's one thing I'm, I'm afraid to bring up during our review. Uh, and we kind of skipped over in the in the in the review because we were so angry. But when um <laughs> when, when when old Kai was explaining the history of the Patora earrings, he flashes back to when uh, a witch took one of his earrings. And they kind of fused together unwillingly. He was reading a comic book, and it looked to me that that comic book was another Toriyama uh, creation called, um, it was uh, Gogo Achman, that's what it was. When um, the old Kai was reading a comic book when the witch grabbed his earring, it looked like he was reading Gogo Achman, which was a, uh, it was a little it was a little series that Toriyama came up in with near the end of Dragon Ball. Um, in between 1993 and 1994, and that would have been the exact same time that like the Buu Saga was going on. Um, it was featured in Akira Toriyama's Manga Theater Volume 3, and it's about a 200-year-old demon named Akman who harvests the souls of the Dark Devil Lord. That sounds cheery. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. But if you look at the kid's design, you can easily see that's Toriyama because he has like, Trunks' haircut, and he kind of looks messed up. But um, I, I, it looked to me like that, that was what uh, uh, the Okai was reading when he was Kind of, and that would that would have been a gag by the uh, animators, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I I noticed it. I noted it. I was like, okay, that looks that's probably an Easter egg that I just don't get. <laughs> there were times where the animators referenced Toriyama's other works in the anime that because Tor- Toriyama doesn't really reference his own stuff. Um, sometimes he'll reference Doctor Slump, but uh, most times he doesn't. And I know that during the nineties, this he doesn't this- reference his own stuff, but yet this character turns out to be hunting Goku. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, yeah, I take that back. <laughs> at least at the time. <laughs> That's pre crazy, <laughs> pre gone crazy Toriyama. 
Well, it's funny because um, I know I remember one uh, volume of the, of Dragon Ball Z. He says he's had a hard time sitting down and writing the series because he's had so much fun playing Dragon Quest, the game whose characters he designed. And also around the boots, like he would have definitely been knee deep in doing designs for Chrono Trigger, which he was heavily involved in, which might account for the uh, the lack of sense that the boots like has. <laughs> so that might be uh, an excuse for that. But um, I got enough enough naval gazing. Um, yeah, actually, actually, Jocko the Galactic Patrolman. I see now it was published eleven chapters in Weekly Shonen Jump uh, in the year two thousand thirteen. So that was in uh, Shonen Jump. So we can. Okay. Uh, I think mo- most of the stuff he has done has been in Shonen Jump. Some sometimes it's been in V Jump or other stuff, but it's pretty much been Shonen Jump. Anyway, are we ready to tackle the emails? I think we are. All right, our first one is from a new emailer, and her name is Saskia. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. S A S K I A. Dear Don and Jesse, I'm another longtime listener, first time emailer. Usually, I'm perfectly happy to sit back and listen, but your coverage of the Boo Saga has inspired me to finally write it and provide the rare female POV. Hooray. Like most of the listeners, I'm part of the original 90s generation who grew up with the ocean and funny dubs. So this podcast is great as a way to trip on nostalgia. Here in the UK, DBZ was some, somewhat eclipsed by Pokemon, but my parents indulged me, and I still have a VHX box set of the Ocean Dub Saiyan Saga and the first three films. Now on to my thoughts. Ever since I was a kid, my favorite character has been Gohan. Maybe it's because I identified with that little nerd, (laughs) but there was something about his character arc that always resonated with me. For me, I truly believe that the series should have ended with that epic father-son Kamehameha wave, Goku finally passing the torch from father to son. I think this ending tied up the story perfectly, Gohan going from a shy child to a badass warrior. It's conclusion from both Gohan and Goku, as I believe Goku's sacrifice is the ultimate sign of our favorite Saiyan from Earth growing up. I think this is the reason that I hated the Boo Saga so much the first time around. Younger me was appalled. <laughs> Younger me was appalled at what had happened to Gohan in the time skip. It's like he'd gone backwards and forgotten all the lessons from the Cell Saga that the Cell Games had taught him, and I found his superhero persona cringeworthy. <laughs> An interesting fan theory as to why Gohan slacks off is that he is so traumatized by Goku's death, which is for all intents and purposes his fault, <laughs> that he feels too guilty to fight. While I can see where people were going with this, it seemed like at the end of the previous saga, Gohan had made peace with what had happened. Another thing I didn't like was the introduction of, introduction of Goten and the lack of characterization Toriyama and the anime gave him. Goten is a less interesting version of Kid Goku in Dragon Ball. Which, all his goofiness, but none with with all his goofiness, but none of the endearing things that fans love about Kid Goku. The whole point of introducing Gohan was that it was amusing that the hero of Dragon Ball could produce such a wussy son. <laughs> On the other hand, Goten seems woefully underwritten, especially when placing him next to Trunks 2.0, who is the polar opposite of his future counterpart. This is particularly noticeable in the recent episodes, as even though Goten is his own character. There's still much more of Trunks in his personality than Goten. And maybe it's because there wasn't a whole lot for Toriyama to work with. Um, what do you think about uh, those points? The fact that, like, she brings up, like, you know, like being disappointed with how Gohan turned out and the disappointment in how Goten has been written. Well, as far as Goten, I think you can just look at the character designs and see that Goten is more derivative of his father and his older brother than Trunks is of Vegeta. Mm hmm. 
I think initially in the Boo Saga when he was introduced, we got we got an idea of of what the character was about. We we kind of got some promise of more development, but it's kind of slacked off since then. But he got some good moments where he met his father and some really touching stuff. But since then, he's kind of taken a back seat. Yeah, it's mainly the hijinks with him and Trunks. And while that's not bad, you give him a best friend to kind of play off. There's not that much to identify him as I'd like for there to be. So I can I can definitely agree with what she's saying. Right, right. And as far as Gohan goes, I do think it's a step backwards from where we saw him at the end of, of the Cell games. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I can believe that he reverted to that because that's that's where he was before the series. Right. Before the series picked up, before the, all the trauma happened. So that's his default state. And especially without Goku and without traumatic events influencing him with just Chi-Chi, I could see him kind of going back to that. Because if you look at during the course of one saga where he is now, he's kind of abandoned that. So he, he kind of steps up to the plate when he has to. And he and he... He has a lot of Gohan, Goku in him when he needs it to be there. Yeah, I agree. Um, I kind of don't really mind how Gohan turned out at the beginning of the Boo arc because I think people, I hear people tend to say like, "Oh, he slacked off. Oh, he returned to a wuss. We hate Gohan." But like, I honestly don't blame the idea that like, you know, after you beat Cell and you are the strongest person in the universe, what reason is there to think that anybody stronger will come? Now, because, granted, that's 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 t- that's Dragon Balls. It happens to Dragon Ball Z all the time. But at the same time. Cell was specifically created to be that kind of villain. He wasn't, you know, an actual character. So I don't really, like, I don't blame the idea that Gohan would stop training because, like, who else could be that strong? Um, and because, like, you know, he was, like, I think people, like, like want him to be more like Goku than the character ever really was, like, in terms of, like, you know, why don't you train or whatever? Because he was, he didn't want to be a scholar when he was a kid. And I don't tend to, like, hold that against him uh, as much as I think people... I think people kind of jump on that a bit too much. I don't really find that as a valid reason to criticize the character because I don't think that like he's in a position to be shamed for his lack of uh, fighting instinct or training, personally. You know, I hear kind of a lot of complaints about, oh, well, just imagine if he had trained for all that time or a consensus about that. And it's like, well, look at the character. Like He, he didn't have to, and he's still as strong as he is. I think that says more about his character than... The possibility of if he had trained the entire time. Like yeah, I, mean, I think he's much more of a full character in that he didn't have to dedicate. He's not one note in that instance. Yeah, I mean, like you know, he he didn't get that much weaker. He's still able to go Super Saiyan too. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just like you know, there are things you can criticize about how Gohan turns out, but I don't I don't necessarily agree with the whole. He sucks when he's a teenager because he's Great Saiyan man because he's. I mean, I mean, they have this goofy and all that kind of stuff, but I don't think his character becomes weaker. I really don't. Because, I mean, like, the way the Boo Saga starts off, I mean, the, the, I, I say the Boo Saga, I mean, it really does start off, like, you know, well before the Boo Saga starts. Because I mean, we oh, meet yeah. Go- Gohan as, in high school, we meet Videl. There's nothing going on. It's, it's not the, the, it's not like the Android Saga where we're immediately into the villains of the of the arc. So I, I just don't really have a whole anything against him. With Goten, I, again, like kind of like how it started off, I think this character started out with Promise. So we're seeing him fight in the tournament, and we're seeing him train with Gohan. And I feel like, like, like with every other character... Toriyama has the arc get away from the characters, and he just kind of just becomes lost in the shuffle. And I'm disappointed with the way Goten turns out, but I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't blame that on the i the, on the idea on the concept of the character Goten because I like the fact that he's sort of like you know silly like Goku was, but he's not 
totally like Kid Goku. I think that's fine. I don't need him to be. I don't need these characters to be just like Goku, to be honest. I, I, I like I like the difference, and um, you know, I, I don't love Goten as a character, but I don't mind him as a character either. Have we ever seen him in anything but the traditional orange gi he wears? Uh, when we first saw him, he was like, sort of like this. Uh, I don't want to say kimono, but he was like in this like, this really traditional Japanese clothes. But that was like for one shot. Uh, when they start training, he, he's in that clothing. And um, okay, I could I couldn't remember if he was any anything else or not because I thought it'd be kind of ironic. Like, hey, Chi Chi, Chi Chi doesn't want him fighting or training or anything. But here, wear an outfit just like your father wore. <laughs> well, no, we see he, he uh, everyone practically everybody wears different clothes in the uh, well actually until they start fighting in Battle of Gods. <laughs> And um, I'm trying to think. I know. I mean, obviously, everybody looks so different at the end of the series. But yeah, that those are. I mean, it's kind of funny that like Vegeta, Trunks, and Goten are all wearing the art, the clothes that they decided to wear the day they went to the tournament, and that became like their default design. Yeah. That's, kind of, that's kind of amusing. They stay in those. <laughs> uh, she continues on. That said, when you guys started your coverage of the Boo Saga, I actually realized that I quite liked it. Insert dramatic music. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. You guys picked up subtle nuances I'd never notice. Suddenly, I began to actually like Mr. Satan and even Fat Boo, who I always found annoying and not a worthy villain after Cell. But there's always a, a but when it comes to this saga. I always found the humor that Toriyama used slightly jarring and out of place. I mean, first you've got this weird milkman thing, but <laughs> still, Boo kills everybody on the planet. I know death seems to have little consequence on this show, but still, if you're going to make a huge deal about Gohan dying, maybe show a little thought to the rest of the world. The thing that annoyed me about the last batch of episodes was that after the death of our heroes, Goting still messes around rather than gathering, getting down to the task at hand and taking Boo down. Ultimately, I don't think Goting's is strong enough to carry the show. The fact that he's still bluffing and trying to make the fight spectacular after all the friends were freaking eaten makes him as unlikable as Vegeta in the Cell Saga. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many bad decisions can one kid make? Not to give too many spoilers away, but the next set of Gohan episodes are highly controversial amongst the fandom, and I think many pinpoint it as, a, as the moment DBZ should have ended for good. <laughs> That's yep. enough ranting for now. I'd leave you with a question that my friend and I have long since debated. Who is the most overrated character in DBZ? She said Future Trunks, because she's insane. And I said Brawly, because, well, bio Brawly. <laughs> Thanks for the great podcast, Saskia. I don't know if that was right, but thank you. P.S. Jesse, I hope you aren't squeamish, because it's about to get a lot worse. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, well, well, we will, bio Brawly, we'll hit him up in the movies. Um... <laughs> Um, do you have an idea of who you might find to be an overrated character in Dragon Ball Z? That's an interesting question. I'm thinking. First off, I like the idea that, that her and one of her other female friends just sit and talk Dragon Ball. That Sweet. is awesome. Oh, yes. It's like, see, it's not just a bunch of dudes. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't think Future Trunks is overrated because what I've seen of him so far, he's, he's a really flushed out character. And I'm... I'm Maybe because he had his own movie, so we got to see a lot of him for right. that. But even with what we've seen from him, just from the show, like I really like him as a character. I'd like to see more of him. Right. Um. You know, I'm. No, you know, I'm about to say Frieza, only because yeah, I, I I constantly hear him 
compared at or kind of the bar is set as Frieza to all the fandom and and taken back to that and to the Namek saga and while I don't prefer Cell as a villain mm-hmm. I do I do look at that as higher stakes maybe that's because it's on Earth I don't know maybe that, and because he's shown to be just so unstoppable in comparison to Frieza and maybe yeah more characters are involved in the entire saga of that so he just his yeah Frieza's comparison a constant comparison to Frieza kind of seems out of place when he's when he's you know he's immediately preceded by Cell who I think is a bigger threat yes yeah, I have a, that's an interesting question because like legitimately every time they introduce a character they kind of like, like throw them off to the side in the next episode so it's hard to have a character who's overrated. I, I I can easily see somebody saying that Gohan's overrated based on his small showing in the Boo arc. But contextually speaking, in terms of like how he was the strongest in the universe at, the, at that point, it's hard to really commit to that. No one's going to say that Yamcha is overrated. Uh, which is funny because I think that that's part of the Yamcha backlash that we were currently experiencing because I think that at one point people did consider him to be a big deal and now they don't. Um, I'm not sure if I have an answer to that question. I really, it's it's tough. I don't know. Um, I might have to table that and come back to it. I hope I'm, I'm sorry to cop out on that one. Uh, but thank you for emailing Sasuke. I hope we're not, let us know if we're, we're mispronouncing your name. And uh, if you, uh, if you're not insulted by us mispronouncing your name, uh, please email in again. Our next email is from a returning uh familiar friend. It's Mr. James Moore. Uh, James writes in uh, kanji, but then he says, Hello, my old friends, Donovan and Jesse. It's your old friend, James. How have you been? Jesse, congratulations on the engagement. I'm very happy for you. Thank first, you. First of, all, the stuff this, first of all, the stuff to say my apologies that I have been emailing in recently as I've been on naval vessel sailing the Pacific Seas for some time now. I, I finally have some time, to, some shore leave, to come home and download every episode of the podcast and catch up. All I can say is awesome. Bloody freaking awesome. Like always, I'm glad to see you are producing such an awesome, kick-ass podcast. I never doubted you for a minute. I love how you guys are still having fun. But down to business. What made me cry for the most uh, of the background characters, the death of Chi-Chi and Android 18, and every other uh, of the characters. I remember when I was a kid, watching her death along with everyone else, and just being utterly shocked as Goku had to watch his beloved wife and friends be murdered one by one, helplessly, only to watch it in complete horror as Gohan, completely unaware of his mother and girlfriend, and other friends murdered, and the destruction of the human race. Then we are shown Majin Buu, what Majin Buu has done with every DBZ villain said they would do. He's literally and single-handedly, with one hand, erased the entire human race from existence on the planet Earth, which is why he is one of my favorite villains next to the Joker. Well, that's all I have to say for now. Keep up the good work like always, as if you need me to tell you that you're doing an awesome job. Until next time. Sorry, not your friend James Moore. P- P.S. I love the idea of Terry Crews as Hercule in a real-life DBC movie. That would be so funny, but until we meet again, your friend, James Moore. Thank you very much, James. Um, yes, thank you for the email, man. Thank you for the very kind words. You're very very gracious in them, saying how much we Just the idea of somebody getting on shore leave and downloading a bunch of our episodes to binge, that's awesome. <laughs> Keep them out of the hands of the enemy? <laughs> yes. Our next email is from our old pal, Mr. Alex Evangeli. That should be read by Jesse. Dear VZ casters, <laughs> guys, you just cracked me up, especially with the email section. 
It started with the opening song. I gotta ask, what the heck was up with the opening song from last episode? <laughs> and for that, I'll refer to Don. Uh, none of your business. Uh, <laughs> um, I was a little indulgent in the, in the editing of the last episode, I will freely admit. I, I can do that at times. I'll try to refrain not to. And I was, I actually edited and po- post episode the day we recorded. I may have been a bit slap happy, but essentially, that was uh, the lyrical version of Thanatos, aka If I Can't Be Yours. Which uh, was the midway song in the end of Evangelion, <laughs> because we talked about that show so much, and, I, and I'm still obsessed with it. Um, there was a couple of there was a, there was a few sound clips from End of Evangelion that I inserted into the episode because I actually thought that like it made for a, an interesting, you know, end of humanity, end of the world song, and it reminded me of it. So I just I just, I thought having having edited the episode and having us mention you know the end of the world and uh, bring up Evangelion, I thought. It, might as well put put in that song, which was featured in the movie in Evangelion. So, uh, that was basically it. Evangelion podcast. <laughs> if I, <laughs> I need to be in therapy for that one. But um, that that was basically what it was. It, it, it's a it's a midway song, that's a lyricized version of a theme that's that's run throughout the throughout the Neon Genesis Evangelion series. But uh, and I really like it. So, I hope that you enjoyed it. I think with Super Saiyan 2, it worked best for Gohan because Super Saiyan 2 Gohan looked different to Super Saiyan Saiyan 1 Gohan. And also, I think it made him look more like Goku. In the opening credits for Budokai 1, they even have recreations of the scenes where you first see Super Saiyan Goku on Namek, and then they have a transition to Super Saiyan 2 Gohan to further point out the similarities and the passing the torch theme. I think Super Saiyan 2 sort of works... If it was the honest to God last transformation of the series, hmm. it's kind of the refined version of the Super Saiyan One form, appealing and being different and an upgrade, but not a different look altogether. A bit more like the difference between Goku normally and Goku using the Kaioken. I can I can get behind that. I agree. Uh, I agree too. It, it really isn't until like Super Saiyan Three is introduced that you even get the idea that Super Saiyan Two is a thing. So I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's like it's it's almost a. Uh, Hindsight, like, oh yeah, I guess that was kind of different too. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I think Gohan was definitely Super Saiyan 2 in the fight, in the Deborah fight for the record. He was trying his hardest, and at the same time, his hardest wouldn't have been Super Saiyan 2. Plus, his hair was spiky. Well, there's always the hair. <laughs> to touch on something another Zemo brought up, another explanation as to why Goku probably didn't use the time chamber in the Frieza era was because at the time he probably didn't feel confident enough to go through the physical slash mental strain the time chamber put on the occupants. Remember, he couldn't handle it as a kid, and if he did, if he really only resorted to it when Cell and the Android showed up, which was also after he was much stronger, I think he probably felt he couldn't handle it at the time. He's referencing to like I think uh, you know, like like oh here's this time chamber that that we can train in that I didn't mention when we were training for the sand. Yeah, I didn't mention up to this point. Which I mean I know the latest episode of uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z bridges out and they they covered that like they they reached a the time saver in the cell game, cell cell saga and Gohan's like why didn't you tell us this before? And I forget the reason. <laughs> <laughs> a quick point about my last email when I said there was animosity surrounding comics versus manga and anime, I was referring to fans of each genre medium. Not that Japanese people themselves hate comics or anything. I mean, I've seen comic books fans bemoan manga, and I've seen manga lovers, regardless of their nationality or ethnicity, equally criticize comic books. For every comic book lover hating on the way manga characters have large eyes, 
there's a manga fan criticizing how superheroes have underwear on the outside of their costumes. Not anymore. <laughs> I think that's fair, yeah. I, which, that's that's the vibe I got from the email. I don't know if we discussed it differently. Like, I, I don't think any Japanese people, right. like, legitimately think comics are, are not, you know, not valid. Oh, yeah, the Japanese love us. <laughs> As opposed to 50 years ago. But, um... <laughs> Uh, hope that wasn't incendiary. But no, yeah, I, I, I think that like we're talking about like uh, American, basically American fans, like you know, if people in Borders who like you know, oh, go over there with your little like you know, play date superheroes. We're gonna go here like with the interesting storytelling, with our, um, with our, uh, with our manga. You see, which again, like you know, like tomato, tomato. You know, there's they're they're all comics at the same time. So yeah, I think that's just like that's anybody. You know, anybody wants to assume their stuff's better than the rest. Yeah, and I I think that like that's that that is starting to go away because there is such cross hatching in the fandoms. I mean, uh, I I I've never, I don't know if I've ever had a problem with people liking one thing or the other. And, and I think that now I've seen, if I see somebody at at, at Barnes and Noble and he or she is into that manga, um, I don't think they're gonna mind me like saying, oh, excuse me, to get to the comics and vice versa. So I, th- yeah. I think that it's a lot easier these days. I think I think just lately it's a bit more. Uh, homogenized than it than segregated than it used to be segregated a while ago. I agree. Also, let's be fair now. Silver Age Superman has a lot of literary merit. Superdictory.com proves that to us. Yes. Oh, Superdictory.com, such a great website. Oh yes. Ah, that's not good. All right. <clears throat> and as a devoted Whovian myself, I can say with certainty that if you are a Doctor Who fan in a room with a Marvel, DC, or manga fan. You've got nothing to fear since Doctor Who has been in comics and is a sort of sort of a superhero anyway. Also, the show is just awesome. The manga and comics fans have been also have nothing to fear unless they blink. I I, I see what he did there. I think Mr. Popo was supposed to be a type of genie within the show's narrative, and the magic carpet thing might have been a clue to that. Hmm, that's. I I, I mean I don't I'm not, I don't doubt him, but I'm not sure if I've heard. I, I guess I never actually considered that. Uh, I thought he looked like a genie, but I didn't know if that was kind of spelt out or if that was was intentional. Well, I guess it was intentional, but I didn't know if that was supposed to supposed to indicate that he was or what. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't put it past it, mm-hmm. especially since Boo obviously shows that like genie type characters exist. Yeah, they both wear parachute pants, so there you go. Piccolo's power is actually the same thing he did in the Saiyan saga to make Gohan clothes and a sword, and when he recreates his own clothes. It's theorized the ability to make things out of thin air is how Namekians make Dragon Balls, and possibly how the dragons themselves grant wishes. That's an interesting theory. That like, uh, I mean, I mean, I know that he can, he can make clothing, but like, you know, he, he kind of pinged that that uh, hourglass out of nowhere. But that's an interesting thing that because uh, Namekians created the Dragon Balls, which grant wishes, they can kind of like you know ping certain things out of the, out of thin air. So that's I don't remember him making a sword for a goat. Gohan. I remember Gohan having a sword, but I don't remember him making it. Um, yeah, he does give it to him. Like when after Gohan is the great ape and, the, and Piccolo like like knocks him out by uh, cutting. I guess he's cut his tail. Oh no, he blew up the moon. Um, he uh, flashes on Gohan the clothes. As I I remember from the anime, and like the the, the sword just appears, and um, Gohan. Hmm. I don't know where that sword is now. <laughs> also, that that, that kind of says a lot. If these characters are able to just create the Dragon Balls out of thin air, let I me mean, just create this these items that can grant any wish then in theory they should be able to make the wishes well yeah because like i mean there are like 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 members of the mechans who are warriors and then there are members of the mechans who are like the, from the dragon clan and it was mighty convenient that dende was from the dragon clan but like piccolo can't make the dragon balls 
because um, he's a fighter. So they, they do deviate that way, but like, that is interesting that, like, you know, there are certain species which can kind of just, like, do things. But, you know, I, I, I'm not, like, you know, they're not, they're not the Kais, so they're not, they're not worth complaining yeah. about. <clears throat> uh, I guess he's on to his questions now. Well, he says, uh, and finally, you guys changed how I felt about. He does? When does he say that? He says that that is after the uh, pickle. I know there's there's big gaps in the questions. Um, pickle is mm. power. Oh, I guess I didn't. I guess I didn't copy over. Okay, never mind. Go, yeah, go ahead. The questions. <laughs> so, uh, number one, <clears throat> what do you think of the new and improved Boo as a threatening villain in contrast to the fat Boo of previous episodes? I like him more since he's more overtly villainous, but it could be argued that he's less interesting because Fat Boo did bad things, juxtaposition with a seemingly kind and sunny demeanor. Uh, I can agree. I, I do think he's more villainous, so I think he... I think he works with the direction they wanted to take the narrative. Mm -hmm. And I, I think he needed to appear when he did to kind of move the story forward. But I do agree that Fat Boo is, is more interesting, and he, he's more fun to watch, if you... I, I think just because oh yeah honestly those episodes with Fat Boo and Mr. Satan were were just entertaining on all kinds of levels and they shouldn't yeah. have been like, it made no sense that they were <laughs> but I think at the expense of making him a more clear cut villain you lose some of the interest and some of the uniqueness from the character yeah I agree I, Fat Boo is, like, is, is a more fun character to watch whether he's a villain or not and uh we we talked about this and we talked about this in review like like uh, I do genuinely like Super Boo and when Super Boo becomes Super Gotenks Boo and Super Gohan Boo and all that kind of stuff, he he descends into typical Dragon Ball Z villainy which is too familiar to the point of me being kind of bored with it. But Fat Boo, I I I'd like Fat. And I, I don't hate him as a villain like that, but like I I, I like Fat Boo and Super Boo were, to me were like different enough from what we were given before that I, I'm interested in those more than the later forms of Boo. And I think that, I don't think you could have had the story they were trying to tell ultimately with Fat Boo. I, I don't think you could have had the, the big finale they wanted or the, that I yeah, think I it's leading towards. Yeah, it, it, it couldn't end with like, you know, everybody team up against Fat Boo because that, that, the character was like, was was initially just too innocent to be the, the antagonist forever. Well, Basically. I honestly think, like, if Fat Boo, if Super Boo hadn't appeared, that Mr. Satan would have saved the day, <laughs> would have just converted Fat Boo on, into not killing people. Like, that would have been the end of Boo. I agree, yeah. If it wasn't for those guys. Like, it was resolved by then. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Damn you, crooks. Uh, do you think... Do you guys think Gotenks could go Super Saiyan 2? And if so, do you think Trunks and Goten individually could do this too? Interesting question. Um, I, if Gotenks could, I think they could individually because I think that he's the sum of his parts. Like I don't, I think yeah, he's more powerful because he, he he's Trunks plus Goten, but I don't think that he he can surpass his power level. Like I think I don't think he can go to a higher level than that. Just something that they can't uh, ascend to on their own. I, as far as him going Super Saiyan 2, I don't know. I think if he if he trained and if he took things seriously, probably. Because still, still to this point, we haven't seen him really kind of... Well, he's, he's Super Saiyan 3, so I guess he's like asking like if he... 
I, I kind of see where he's going because like, I think the idea is that like he skipped a, a form or did he go from Super Saiyan 1 to 2 to 3? Well, yeah, but I, I don't think he's as disciplined to – I think he's just, that's basically like – he didn't make it a, a a point to go 3. Like He didn't he didn't plateau from 2 to 3. It's just his base power level is there already. Like, okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Like I don't think – for him, it isn't a conscious effort, right? Like he, he already has it in his toolbox. Yeah, well, kind of like you know, when we when we meet Goten, it's like, oh, hey, I can do this. Poof, you know, oh, oh, yeah. like he didn't have to strive for it, and he, he wasn't disciplined in that regard. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a conscious effort. It wasn't a. Uh, it wasn't Vegeta yelling at mountains. <laughs> God. Well, that's interesting because, like, like at first I was like, you know, well, Goten and Trunks, Goten and Trunks can't go Super Saiyan because it's never been said that they can. But we don't see them, at least in the, in, the, in the main story, we don't see them, like, power up as high as they can again. So, like, that is an interesting... <laughs> spoilers. But that, that, that is an interesting thing to bring up. Like, I mean, it's possible that they can. You know, that it really is. I mean, I, even in the movies... Um, no, yeah, we, we really don't. It's, it's, it's just, you know... They, they, they combine the powers to be Gotenks, and it's not really concentrated on what Gotenks and Trunks can do individually. So, um... I mean, I was, I was I, up up to that point. I was like, well, no, they're, they're only Super Saiyans. But if Gotenks can go Super Saiyan three, you imagine. I mean, there's certainly a possibility that they can go. So, so that's, that's open up the idea that they possibly can. I agree. All right, he goes on. What was your favorite attack by Gotenks? The ghost attack, the Super Ghost Kamikaze attack. I'm about to say, I was, was going to say the same thing, just because it's so unique and so out of left field, and also it reminds me of the booze from Mario. <laughs> it, 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 there's you've never seen anything like that from a villain or a hero, and it's just it's it's, it's a legitimately interesting and cool attack because like you, once you touch them, you do they do explode and cause damage. Um, uh, I actually do have an affinity for the uh, die die missile, which is basically like, like it's it's nothing more than him firing on down the earth and blowing out like a, a, you know. That's so when Piccolo says, stop it or you'll destroy the Dragon Balls. Because he does it a couple of times. I know he does it in the games. I actually do kind of like that as an attack, but it's not spectacular. It's just him firing. I, I kind of like the name. Die Die Missile. That's kind of cool. But like uh, that and, and the uh, Super Ghost Kamikaze attack, or the Super Kamikaze Ghost attack. I forget which order that, that name is in, but those two I like the most. Uh, if you guys had access to the hyperbolic time chamber, what would you use it for? Oh, yes. Personally, it would have come in handy around my exams when I had essays to hand in for class. I'd probably use it to, to read. I, I would take a year, so, you know, uh, and just read as much as I can, like, because you got to think, well, not, not in a year, I guess a day, but to kind of prepare for stuff. And not necessarily class, because I'm not in school currently, but, but mm-hmm. I think it would be it'd be cool to, I don't know, to spend that much time and have that much dedicated time, because I think that's, that's what everybody kind of wants, like, oh, if I only had time to read, you know, or I only had time to, to kind of focus on this and learn this. Well, yeah, just imagine, like, you know, if you can you can pop back out for an hour and say, I read this book. I read this entire series of books. Or I'm a master of this subject now. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's definitely times when I was in college where I was like, you know, oh, if I only had that, that room experience in time. But um, I would def- uh, reading is, is a good idea. I would I would probably train because I, I do like to exercise. I would just, probably, yeah, I would just, I would just pursue my interest in, like, my, my, uh, my intellectual pursuits and just uh, well, you kinda... basically do what you normally do just have <laughs> more time to do it in. yeah well yeah there's never any time to do it because of, of work and stuff but yeah I would, I would I would probably like think of any problems I would have to kind of think them through and really try to try to be a different person by the time I, I left it although that kind of wide open space where, the, where like the, t- the temperature changes and the gravity changes and the air quality changes but might dri- drive me crazy but I guess we're not I putting was about that, to say, that that kind of brings up another point like 
you'd want to think through your problems. But if you're there by yourself, Could you you think that would be very, very lonely. And then you, you, would, you would think too much at some point. Yeah, I think there's there's some slight potential lost in like exploring the idea of just like Strokes and Vegeta were there for a year, and that really isn't commented on much. Oh, it was just kind of training. Like, like, like the idea of that happening is really really interesting to kind of pursue. Maybe Dragon Ball SD can cover that. I do. I I would like do the most sit-ups ever. <laughs> just come out like rock hard abs. Like what? And just run forever. Absolutely push up, <laughs> push up sit-ups and a whole lot of juice. <laughs> Well, that's it for now. Will Don grow? Will Will Don grow to like future episodes? Will Jesse ever truly get over the death of Bobbity? Will Alex ever learn to shorten his long-winded emails? Find out next time in this exciting episode of the Spectacular. Re- oh wait. <laughs> Regards, Alex Evangeli. P.S. Although this will get to you guys long after the fact, since I'm writing this on the day. Happy Halloween. Thank you, Alex. This week is Thanksgiving. <laughs> Uh, Halloween to you too, Alex. Thank you very much. Just a month too late. And from one uh, notable long-winded email to another, it's Daniel Yarbrough. Hey, he says I am fusing two emails into one. Beware the power of my kamikaze rants. <laughs> I probably I might, I might cut some out for time, but uh, thank you very much all the same. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I tend to get the good stuff. Hello again, Donovan and Jesse. Well, work and life have kept me from emailing into the show lately, but rest assured, you guys are still producing a great show, giving me and your growing number of listeners much entertainment and things to think about. Thank you. Well, I have two months of worth of rambling to do, so let's get into it. On a personal note, since the last time I talked to you guys, I have gotten to see Battle of Gods and play the Battle of Z game. They're both birthday presents to me. Here are qu- Here's my quick, spoiler-free reviews of them. I really loved the movie. The action was great, and the humor and characterization was better than probably any other Dragon Ball Z movie has been before. I liked it more than I expected, and a lot of the elements I heard about made me worried. That made me worried worked just fine in the story. My only real complaint about it is that a lot of characters who should have been a, had a stronger presence in the movie, both physically and or story wise, are sidelined in order to make Goku and Vegeta the prominent characters. That and that's a bit annoying. Don't get me wrong; the Goku and Vegeta scenes are great, but they didn't have to sacrifice the other characters for it. Battle of Z, I need to play it more, but my first impression is that it's dis- disappointing. I expected a regular fighting game, but where I can choose fighters and matchups of my own and go against the computer or a second player, but instead it's more of an adventure game where you pick characters and go through a fight level. I think our regular fighting game modes were sacrificed for the team battle aspect of the game. I imagine that was too much for any kind of split screen to work. Multiplayer is supposed to make up for it, but I think it's just, like, like I said, the loss of those modes is disappointing to me. The graphics are great and the character, character banter in it is pretty fun. The fight controls line up with most other DBZ games and gives a good feel of the series, series and the team aspect is fun to play with. So I would recommend it to you as long as you're looking to have an old-fashioned fighting tournaments with friends or wanting to make your own matchups. Now let's get about the episodes you guys covered in episode 33. It's, it's funny, I think I know the reason why, despite how much I, you guys read about these episodes, Don did not have a clear memory of seeing them before. I think it's because as a kid, when you're interested in DBZ, it's just the fights, these episodes suck. If you're in the mindset that you don't care about Mr. Satan or Imagine Boo's domestic sitcom or the ordinary real-world danger of jerks with guns, you just want to get back to Super Saiyan fights. That said, your coverage really highlighted the good in these episodes and was important to the, that they have in the story. It gave me a real appreciation for the storytelling going on here, and a part I usually tend to overlook. Though I do think that the anime drugs out a bit too much, and the fact that the two gunmen attack, get beat up, and then come back pads it out more than necessary. I will definitely look at these episodes a little more closely next time thanks to your review. 
Gotenks is such a little bastard, but I can't help laugh at his, at his antics. <laughs> yeah, he is annoying, and uh, that's, that's the point of the character. I think personality, personality aside, I like the design of the, of the fusion with his mixed hair and the vest and pants that appear out of nowhere. And as you guys say, the fat and skinny Gotenks bits are funny and thankfully brief. I didn't always... Uh, oh, sorry. I always liked the progression of Fat Boo from being just a chaotic evil to a good guy. It's a change that fits with his, the character given his childlike personality, and you can see the progress with his breaking away from Bobbity, helping the blind kid, and befriending Mr. Satan to his adopting B. It fits that he would make his vow to never kill again, and it really is impressive how committed he is that a simple vow that he would makes that he made when he actually had a real legitimate reason to kill someone he chooses and said to exercise the evil out from in such a violent and painful way to keep it. That's all I really had to say about uh, your 33rd episode. There were good episodes and that you guys gave me a real new appreciation for. As for your coverage in episode 34, oh ho, I have some words for you, Donovan. Okay, not really, but I will try to debate your opinion. Before I get into that, I want to throw in my quick two cents to the email discussion you guys had for anime vs. comic fan animosity. As someone who is a fan of both, I think it is stupid, but I do get where it comes from. It all started in Barnes & Noble around the anime manga boom in 2000. In the year 2000, suddenly you had fewer comics on the shelf and more and more manga. It only made things worse for comic fans. We get a bunch of young kids looking at their noses down at you for reading those inferior superhero comics. And on the other side, you, you got the manga readers getting looked down on because they like those little books that you have to read backwards instead of real comics. So you have two irrational, fa- um, two fandoms of geeks trying to act like their theirs is better. Okay. Now, discussing Donovan's irrational, steaming, boo-like hatred of some of the best episodes of Dragon Ball Z ever. No, not really. Actually, you got you made your case for it well, what you didn't like in this part of the story, and they are perfectly valid reasons. I would just argue that I don't think they're as important factors to the story as they were for you. Putting it simply, the genocide of everyone on Earth isn't the story that Toriyama is telling. His story is about the fight against Boo. I'd argue that there are, are there is a natural reaction to the death, at least for this series. Large group, group deaths are now overlooked by our main characters. That's the evolution of having the Dragon Balls being around. Our heroes know that as long as they have Dragon Balls, it does not matter who dies. It still sucks that they, they do die, but they can be brought back. We do get Goten having a real gut-wrenching reaction to Chi-Chi's death, which I always thought the egg thing was fitting, because in this saga, Chi-Chi looks like a chicken. <laughs> in that yellow outfit of hers. That's funny. Because he's a little boy seeing his parent die before his eyes. And while he does appear to get over it quickly, he's had days in the time chamber to come to, come to, to, come to grips with it. I always like that when they, go, they first go in the room, Goten is ready to get right into the train while Trunks is just looking around. As for Goten's not taking the fight seriously, I say that in the story reason, it's, it's simply because he's still a kid. He's too little to comprehend something like the fate of the universe or all life on the planet being exterminated, so he doesn't think about that. Instead, all he, all he cares about is beating Majin Buu. Being cocky and arrogant is like Spider-Man making wisecracks at supervillains. It's a coping mechanism for trying to deal with something so over his head. And really, he has no reason to be cocky when he thinks he's going to win. Now, the real reason for Gotenks not taking the fight seriously is, again, that's not the story that Toriyama wants to tell. This is not a serious fight. This is, as Jesse put, a fun lampshading on all the tropes of DBZ and a young boy entertainment in general. And he doesn't have to make Gotenks the serious hero because he has no intention of him being. That's why we see Gohan starting to show his amazing power now. Gohan is a serious fight. Gohan is going to be the serious fight. This is just a fun warm-up. Personally, I love the fight with Gotenks because it isn't serious. It's fun. I get a kick out of all the super moves, especially the Kamikaze Ghost. The whole fight is just over the top. I can see where it's not for everyone, but I really enjoy it. 
With the character with the Z Fighter's death, I, I agree the manga handles it poorly for killing off so many supporting characters. But then again, their deaths and the other characters' reactions to it are not the story. Killing off the characters and everyone else on the planet is a matter of, uh, for that matter, is Toriyama clearing the board off of anything that will get in the way of the characters or the audiences focusing on the fight with Majin Buu. As you guys have mentioned before, the other characters have no relevance in the story at this point. I actually liked all the times we saw them sitting around the lookout, waiting around, playing cards, and commenting on what's going on. I know you guys really argue that they should be, have contributed more to what's going on, but I don't think there was any really anything they could do about it but wait it out, since basically if they had gone throughout their... They had gone gone out there to try to do anything. They took a big chance of Boo killing them as easily as he did when they were on the lookout. I will say Piccolo's ability to remain relevant to the plot is a nice testament to the character and how he has managed to evolve and stay useful when he is no longer on the same power level as the other characters. And I take to forgive the entire thing of killing off the supporting characters just for that moment in the anime of Krillin sacrificing himself for his family. But the rest of the supporting characters do not contribute anything to the fight, at least not in the way Toriyama writes them. I would have liked to go another way I would like to have it go another way, but I won't say that makes for a it makes him a bad writer for it. Which I guess is my argument for Donovan's review. You have a legitimate point in your criticisms for this part of the story, but just because it is not the kind of story you want to see does does mean does not mean is is really the worst part of DBZ ever. And I say this as a reminder to myself that just because because the, the part you cover next time is where the story really goes in a direction that I don't like as a fan. But just because it's not what I want does it. Does, doesn't mean I think it's bad on its own. Ah. Um, I suppose I should uh, counterpoint. I, 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 I always agree to disagree. I think, I, think I, made, I made my uh, my points in last month's episode, so I don't think I need well, to I think we that. even kind of consented to that, or at least said that we agreed that it isn't necessarily bad, it's just not what we would prefer as far as the storyline. Um, yeah, uh, last month's, yeah, um, yeah, that, yeah that, that that is true. I, I, well, I think that like the tonal change and going from like you know the death of the characters to go tanks, I, I don't really like that. And I think that that could have been done better. So I wouldn't say it's great, but it is more of a personal hang up um, compared to like you know the go the, the episodes we reviewed this this episode, which are bad. <laughs> yes, and I think that uh, I think Piccolo's relevance and being being able to stay relevant is is kind of accents the point we made like. Like he can do it with Piccolo. Piccolo can stay relevant to the story. Why can't the other characters? I know it's a lot of characters to juggle. Right. But I think maybe maybe under ideal situations, you could write write them more accurately, and you could write them more relevant to the story instead of yeah, just keeping them in the background playing cards. Yeah, I I, I still don't like the fact that like Krillin, eighteen, and Yamcha basically like like I mean not not Krillin, but eighteen and Yamcha went down without a fight. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, use the characters to their best of their abilities. I mean, like, like I liked how he used Chi Chi by killing her to enrage Goten. I, 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 I think that was a good use of the character, even though she was sort of a sacrificial lamb. And it, it would seem seem that the other characters went along, like, along the same lines, but I didn't get any sense from Goten's that he cared <laughs> outside of that one that one shot when he was Super Saiyan three. So that's that's just my thing. You gotta think, like, even TN is shown to, you know, go after Boo and make an effort. And the other characters, I think it does a disservice to not show them do the same. Yeah, where's, Tri where's Shoutsu? <laughs> Where is that guy? Did he blow up again? Because <laughs> uh -huh. that's, that's completely unexplained. Uh, 
Now to bring something up real quick, I may be mistaking it, but I thought you guys kind of skimmed over it. So what are your thoughts on Gotenks tearing Super Saiyan 3? Do you think the character earned that level of power? Oh, that's a good point. Um, I think, I'll say real quick, I think that Toriyama didn't want Goku to just to be the only Super Saiyan 3, which I think is a good idea. And to showcase the power of the fusion, he made him that, that way. And I don't, at first, it always confused me as to how we never saw him be Super Saiyan 2, but just Super Saiyan 3 immediately. But I think over the over the years, like, I kind of got over it and just realized that it was sort of a, a story thing for him to be as powerful and to kind of show off that level of Super Saiyan's power. Uh, what do you think, Jesse? Uh, I agree. I, I didn't I honestly didn't put that much thought into it when it happened. I just kind of rolled with it. I was like, okay, you know. We, at this point, Fusion is still so new, and it's still kind of a MacGuffin. It's like, okay, it, it can do that. It can take them to that level. Absolutely. Speaking of power... Gohan gets his big power up and is ready to fight. This is my favorite version of Gohan too, and I love how he looks in his dad's, dad's outfit. Another small physical indifference, physical difference in Gohan from uh, from from when he got the power up to now is I always know the little bang of hair on his front face is now bigger and pointier. I like the term Mystic Gohan for this t- transformation myself. I always took it that the term was for Gohan when he went to the Kai planet, got the Kai outfit up to now, so when he has his power up, so that's why that's where it has the Mystic name. I have a lot more of a, to say about Gohan in this version next time. I'm I'm sure. You better. Finally, and you talk about the old days of fandom. It brought me back to nostalgia. It brought me. Back, it brought back a lot of nostalgia for this old fan. I remember back in '99, looking up Dragon Ball on AOL searches when I knew very little of the series. I found images of Gohan in high school that had no description. I remember thinking somehow, "Oh, this must be Goku and Vegeta's college years." Man, I was a dumb 15-year-old. <laughs> um. I think that this does it for my usual ranting and reading. As always, I want to thank you guys for p- putting out a great podcast, even if I feel that it needs to debate you about it. Uh, thank you very much. And thanks you for really always... just debated you. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just me. You're safe. <laughs> and wow. thanks, as always, for putting up with my overly written emails. Till next time. P.S. I wonder what happens when a third person tries to fuse with a fused person, or if two fused people try to fuse together. What kind of monsters can this dance make? Until next time, Daniel Yarbrough. Uh... <laughs> Two fused people fuse with two more fused people? Can Vegito and Kabito Shin fuse together and then fuse with Gotenks? My mind! <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Daniel. Our next email, way shorter this time, uh, which will be read by Jesse, is from a returning emailer in Mr. Frankie Vargas. Hey, you guys. Good work on the last podcast. I have a few questions. There's a question mark, so... That's how people talk these days. <laughs> yes, he does. One, could you guys consider reviewing Dragon Ball Multiverse? When you guys finish Dragon Ball Z, I think it's a better continuation of DBZ than GT. That is the fan-written manga, online manga, correct? That's, yeah, it's, it's, it's illustrated. I, I don't mean to demean it like this. I don't. This is, this is not me damning with praise, but it is the... Uh, illustrated fan fiction it's a fan comic essentially um and no I don't think we're going to do that because I I really do like I have a personal stipulation of, of reviewing like canon content um but that doesn't mean we, we we may not like you know take a glance at it or take a look at it near the end of the show just to just to kind of t- take a peek I think when you when you when you cross that line from canon, what's quote unquote canon, to fan fiction, you run the risk of doing a disservice because you you know you pick what to do and what not to do, and right, you know at that point it's like well who's saying what's better because I'm sure there's some absolutely great Dragon Ball fan fiction because there's great fan fiction in general for most most mm-hmm. genres. Absolutely, 
us. And you don't want to say one's better than the other, you know. And then we also don't want to get in the situation where everybody's asking us, to, "Hey, I wrote this story, review it." And it's like, well, we just we don't have time for that, unfortunately. Absolutely, that's a very good point. And I'm pretty sure someone has emailed before asking us to do Dragon Ball Absalon, which is a fan show that people have done. And like, you know, uh, I've seen some of that stuff. I've seen some of Multiverse, and I, what I've seen, I've liked, but. I really do like. I mean, that's that's why we're covering like the the new movies now because they are in canon. And, like you know, the point of this is a Dragon Ball Z specific podcast. But um, you know, we we might we might take a glance at it. You never know. I, I'm t- I'm certainly open to like you know, at least for one episode. You know, p- taking a peek somewhere down the line. Yeah, and as as a general rule, I I avoid fan fiction not because of like bad experiences with it or the quality of it, just because of time and. It is like a rabbit hole when you, when you jump into that world. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you know the the extended universe in Star Wars. It's like you can really get lost in there, and just from the sheer quantity of it. Oh yeah, we, we could if we wanted to do fan fiction, we we could end up doing it for for forever, really, like for for, for the rest of our lives. Uh, his second question: A few episodes back, when Trunks and Goten were fighting Boo in the hyperbolic time chamber. Everybody outside were playing cards and having full-length conversations. So, was that filler? Because it should have taken like 10 seconds for the fight to happen in the hyperbolic Tom chamber. Since one minute is six hours in there. Just wondering. Yes, yeah, filler. <laughs> I must say, yeah. Uh, uh, that's either a, an extremely long fight, <laughs> or it's no one thought about how the timelines would work out. Most of the time, you can pick out filler when the anime... Looks at ki- like looks like the side characters, because in the manga it's pretty direct and like uh, unless they're establishing like a big fight like you know like like for instance in the Cell games, they establish like you know everyone was watching TV and you saw them like you know watch on television the fights, but you didn't like cut back to them constantly. Um, yeah. So tip- yeah. Typically, like whenever you saw the characters, like basically we ever saw the side characters basically doing nothing. That really was filler, and only only when Toriyama has them do something is like when they're in the story. I'm sure you guys already know that Battle of the Gods 2, also now known as Revival of F, yep. will be two hours long. So your thoughts? Uh, I'm I'm excited for that. I'm really excited to see kind of how they how they're set up a two-hour film, mm-hmm. and to see like the three arc, the three arc story idea played out in time as a as a normal film, quote unquote, is. Yeah, I'm, I, I think some some people might be. I'm not seeing this, but I, I think some people might be wary of an animated film being over two hours. I'm not sure why. Maybe it has a different flow than a live-action film, but I'm down for it, and I know the fact that, like, Torama has confirmed he'll have more action scenes. That seems to justify it, so... Well, <laughs> unless, like, you know, it, it turns into the old, like, Dragon Ball Z joke, and it's nothing but fight scenes for two hours. <laughs> then we might be in trouble. I think, uh... I think... Battle of Gods was very well-paced, and... Right. didn't... It seemed the right length, but I could definitely see a story like that. I could see where they could improve, or where they could flush out the story even more i don't think it would be a deter- i don't think it would be overly long i no, yeah i i, I have no real figure the the two-hour time of it excites me it doesn't like you know like, like like frighten me to think oh no this is gonna be forever and not that he's saying that but like you know i think some people might but uh i'm, I'm down for it absolutely uh his fourth question i love in these episodes he's stronger than super saiyan 3 goku but who's stronger super saiyan 3 goku or super saiyan 3 gotens um honestly i don't think we've seen either character give their all at that level because Gotenks was still not as determined as he could be in the fight and Goku obviously was holding back at the time mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm inclined to believe Goku just because he's Goku and he still has the experience in the training 
Well, I, I, I say Gotenks because it's just it, it's just a, a process of elimination when it comes to Boo, because Super Boo is stronger than Fat Boo. And the idea is if, if Goku was kind of like the same power level as Fat Boo, and Gotenks was kind of, you know, at least at one point giving Super Boo a hard time, I'm inclined to believe that the Super Saiyan 3 Gotenks is stronger than Super Saiyan 3 Goku, but there isn't, there it it, it isn't, it, it there's not it's, it's not immediately identifiable or quantifiable in the terms of power. It, that's how power levels can kind of get kind of get tripped up because there's a lot of like you know who's stronger than who, and you have to kind of think back as to exactly what happened in the show. Yeah, you have to pretty much uh, use acknowledge like the feats they've accomplished. Right. Uh, his fifth question in the next movie. Who do you think Goku brings back to life? Well, we know now. Again, <laughs> now, do we know that he brings somebody back to life in the next movie? Well, I think I think because this was this was this was sent to us before the revival of F News was, had come out, and the the previews for that movie was like you know the worst worst in the world. I guess like the idea was that Goku Goku does not bring Frieza back to life. Why would he do that? But I think that, like we we know that like Frieza will be brought back to life by the Dragon Ball unless unless Krillin gets killed again. <laughs> you know what? Uh, if that happens, I don't know what I'm going to do if that happens, because it's like, yeah, <laughs> he was killed in Dragon Ball, he was killed in Dragon Ball Z, twice, he was killed in Dragon Ball GT, he's like, leave this man alone. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I don't know anybody, of course, like, as of right now, who hasn't died. Um, Gohan, Trunks, and Goten, because they're technically, they're not dead as being absorbed by the, by Boo, um, so... We'll see how that turns Has out. Piccolo died? Yeah, Piccolo died. Piccolo, yeah, Piccolo, Piccolo was killed uh, by Nappa in the Saiyan arc. That's, that's when, that's when Gohan went ham, and that's what, and that's why they had to go to Namek because the Dragon Balls were, were destroyed after Piccolo died. Some some characters have died more than once. I mean, uh, Krillin's died multiple times. Krillin's died three times by now <laughs> because he's Krillin. And uh, yeah, that's all he has for this email. Thanks again, guys, and thank you, good sir. Thank you very much, Frankie. Um, our next email is from Mr. Adam Trimboff, and I believe you have that as well. I do? Okay. <clears throat> Last time on the Next Dimension Z. <laughs> so good to hear you guys are starting to enjoy parts of this saga. Well, 50% of you. <laughs> it was interesting to hear that the hyperbolic time chamber wasn't in Dragon Ball. I really need to watch that series one day. Can't wait to follow along with you guys. Hint, hint. Yeah! Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. I wonder what he's meaning. Watching these episodes, I was also a little bothered by the Gotenks humor, to be honest. I think it's funny at points, but the only issue was that it drugged on too long. I, I agree. Oh, uh, definitely. It was kind of hit or miss. As I listened to you guys discuss, never really thinking hard about it before, I started to think maybe this fusion messes people up a bit mentally. Putting it simply, it's two minds in one. That can't be easy to deal with. It would kind of make sense as when they are unfused, they decide to be more serious. But then when they join again, they start the same again. In saying, I'm saying so, I guess it could be that they are kids, but wait a few more episodes, more fusion might make this more clear. That is a very interesting uh, posit he puts there. Like, maybe like, you know, a fusion character is naturally mentally unstable. <laughs> that might be making an excuse for uh, Gotenks' bad behavior, but I think it's an interesting idea to explore. It's not, it's not completely unwarranted because you, you do have you know two minds in one body. You have two people fighting for dominance, at least to some extent. Absolutely. Uh, also, Mystic Gohan. I love that name, by the way. I guess he kind of unlocked some kind of godlike powers. 
And hmm, no gold hair. Could this have been some foreshadowing? Peace out, Adam from New Zealand. Brendan, Adam. Thank you, Roger, Roger, Adam. Foreshadowing? I don't think so. <laughs> I just, I just love the, I love the idea that Go Gohan, as the ultimate fighter, which he should have been, doesn't, doesn't even need to be a Super Saiyan. That, that, that's what also lent to him being the final fighter for the series. The fact that, like, you know, it was, just, it was just normal Gohan, kind of like, you know, ushering a new, a new stage of power. But we. Uh, I, I think he, I thought he was referring. The only thing I could think of he was referring to was Super Saiyan Four having dark hair. Oh, possibly, possibly. <laughs> which, 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 I mean, obviously wouldn't be foreshadowing because Toriyama, hey, had nothing to do. Well, okay, he did, he did design it, but like that wasn't that wasn't intentional for him to do that. Well, maybe he could have. Uh, I don't know if you say foreshadowing, but maybe he. It's possible he when when designing that character, he would look back and say, okay, well, Mystic Gohan, this character at his pinnacle had this color hair, so let's do something similar with Goku. But that wouldn't be foreshadowing. That would just be, uh, I guess, the natural development. Could be. Could be. I doubt he's, he was like, in a couple of years, I'm going to finish with this story, and some other people are going to hire me to design another version that I have nothing to do with. I really do love uh, the way he ends the story. So, like, like, the next to last chapter, stay tuned. There'll be a special announcement in Dragon Ball. Stay tuned for next chapter. Oh, they, they did a special announcement. The end. <laughs> it's it's um, professional level trolling. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. To the end. That's that. Oh, uh, yes. Like, uh, th that'll be fun to talk about. Um, Our next to last, our penultimate email is from Mr. Richborn. Richborn returns and says, Another month, another step into the world of Dragon Ball. Open a window, because time's, cause time's flying higher than I am. What's cracking, bras? <laughs> Sexy Boo is a cheap bastard. Be it in Budokai or Genocide, there is no reason for that. Bubblegum chooses to be judged by not by the color of her skin, but by the color of death he rains up down upon the innocent. Cell was a cocky prick, and Frieza was a pompous racist, but Bubblegum essentially is genie if Bobbity filled in for Jafar. <laughs> oh lord. I like that, that's pretty good. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Jafar was in the show. Remember back when I said I detest Gotenks? This is why. He could have been a Deadpool-esque character dealing with death and occasionally funny quips. Not that kid you, you not that kid you didn't play with at recess because all his imagination went to his badass persona. Goten alone could have gone Super Saiyan 2 in, in homage to his big brother in the Cell games. Even if it wouldn't be enough, it's a more emotionally impactful than a wombat tackle. Uh, which I, I believe is <laughs> one of uh, Goten's stupid moves. Thank God Gohan is back in the fray. Finally, he can bring an end to this saga this month. Get her done, Gohan is what I'll call this form. Yep, he sure is unstoppable. Absolutely no Achilles heel physically or psychologically. Truth be told, this is my favorite part of the saga. Even though DBZ has far too many characters spontaneously overpowering the enemy as opposed to even combat, but this is so satisfying after this saga was intent on playing with itself. That's all I can ramble for this month. I'll be sure to have a new Mosh story after I go see The King of Darkness, Tech 9. Peace out, fellas. Richborn. Thank you, Rich. Rich's life is like so awesome. I know. I know how Rich tells it anyway. He's living the dream. I imagine him like like uh like uh with sunglasses on, like like, like driving a car with the top down each time he sends these emails. <laughs> he doesn't have a care in the world. Our final email is from Mr. Jeremy Arias, and he sends in a, a a link to a YouTube video. He references the Common Rider Drive uh show. Uh, or game, I think, <laughs> that he sent. So he, that, that, was, that was very nice of him. Uh, he says, As for the last two podcasts, I heard a, 
I heard, um, as for the last few podcasts I've heard, I've changed my work, which has kept me from zemailing you guys. As for the enjoyment, I gotta say, I laughed and enjoyed hearing your words and thoughts of the episodes. So, we are in the Mystic slash Ultimate Gohan section. And I gotta say, I would love to know who you guys think is, is the strongest non-fusion Saiyan, who the strong, strongest non-fusion Saiyan is, by the standards of power. I would say it's Gohan, and if it wasn't DBT being Goku-focused, Gohan could have been the end game and the leader of the series. Well, my two questions for you are as follows. If you had a chance to be a part of the Dragon Ball Z uh, universe, which race would you choose? Would you be of, of Boo's race, of Frieza's race, of Saiyan race, or an Mechian race, or human race? If you choose to be Saiyan, you could reach Super Saiyan 3 with time. Boo, you could be, have, have the ability to be Super Boo, same from Namekians and Super Namekians. If you could be part of uh, Frieza's race, you could reach four stages, and humans could use Kaioken up to level 10. Second question, are you still looking up for the? Uh, are you still looking forward to the Dragon Ball Z PlayStation 3 collection of Budokai 1 and 3? If so, I am willing to part with my copy since PS3 my PS3 broke. <laughs> Yours truly, Jeremy. Um, so Jesse, which Dragon Ball Z race would you like to be a part of? Hmm. My first inclination is to say the Namek Namekians, just mm-hmm. because like they can regenerate from a lot. That's a really useful ability to have. I must warn you, they have no dick. <laughs> No. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, because like you gotta imagine, if you're a Saiyan, you're gonna turn into a gigantic ape like once a month. You're gonna have a tail, and then you're more than likely gonna be a giant like pompous dick. <laughs> that is true. Let's let's get brain damage. Unless you get hit on the head as a youth, you know. Uh, Earth fighters, or Earthlings are, are essentially useless. Contend <laughs> like. You're, so what? You're a little stronger than Yamcha. That, that's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> Trained to be stronger than Goku, or at least Krillin. Uh, what, uh, he said. Uh, he, he said, Frieza's race. Which yeah, I guess that is a race. I, I keep thinking that, but he does have like a family lineage. So uh, no, no. Free, Frieza's just too uh, too androgynous for me. You know. Right. I, I feel I feel uncomfortable with my own identity at that point. And. <laughs> And then uh, who, who else do you say? Oh, oh, the boos. So is Boo a race or is he just a, a single creature? I know he's a creation, but as of like the game Dragon Ball Online, and, and I, I think Dragon Ball Heroes also dives in as well. There are like you know you can kind of create your own character and they can be of the Boo of the Majin Boo kind of race, like basically the, the pink stretchy race. And those yeah, are kind of saying that interesting designs. Uh, so. It's, I guess it's, it's kind of possible. While it'd be useful to turn people to candy and eat them, I'd still go for Namekian. Okay. I might go with the Saiyans, because I, I like the whole, like, you know, when you nearly die, you get stronger. Of course, you'd have to heal from that. But, um... That was, uh... What I you're saying, if Vegeta had died again, don't you think he would be stronger even now? That's a good point. That is that is that is a good point. Kuriyama apparently forgot that yeah, he did. <laughs> um, it's the same thing with like uh, Gohan getting beaten up and then healed by Dende. He, I guess he didn't get stronger. Whoops. Um, and it's, it, 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 at first, because this is one thing I was wondering about, and I forgot to mention in the last episode: how can a dead person and a and a, and a live person fuse? Which is what Vegeta is made of. But I guess they say that like they gave Vegeta his body back. So yeah, even though he's dead, he has his body, which. Yeah, like, they, they said they brought him back, so then he had his halo, and I was like, well, Goku doesn't have his halo, so I was like, obviously, I guess it's a little different, but... Well, Goku's alive again, like, he's he's not dead no more. Yeah, he's legit, like, he legitimately is alive, but 
I guess Vegeta isn't, but he's physically there. Yeah, I, I guess we gotta kind of think about it as like you know, Goku's one day on Earth. He was still dead, but he was on Earth and using his body. So it's it's kind of like that with Vegeta. I I, I have to imagine. I I guess I gotta go by that. Yeah, like a, like a small reprieve to try to save the world. It's it's confusing. It's messed up. Uh, well, that is all the emails for this month. Uh, thank you very much, everyone who's emailed in, and feel free to email in again. Uh, like I said, uh, next month uh, we will go over. I don't remember uh, the the uh, uh, more of the, the boo saga. More of the boo saga. Exactly. <laughs> I was getting a little tongue tied. As well as a special treat for our third anniversary of the podcast. So stay tuned for that. That should be fun. We shall, we shall endeavor to get those out to you before the Christmas holiday. So, until next time, Jesse, do you have any final thoughts before we leave for the month of November? Um, thinking. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate it. Uh, if not, just enjoy some time with your family. I could not have said it better. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will see you guys next time in, in covering uh, the fight of Vegito versus Boo. So until then... Have a happy Thanksgiving. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.dipson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what you're doing, please send us feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama. Here it is, maggots, the hyperbolic time chamber. Wait, I thought it was called the Room of Spirit and Time. I said that because you kept mispronouncing it. Well, I can do it. Hypebola Mind Chamber. No. Hyperglycemic Crime Chamber. You get one more. Hypebonics Rhyme Chamber. Hmm. Inside, time moves at 365.24 times that of this dimension. In Goku terms, one day out here... One year in there. And only two of you maggots can enter at a time. Wait, how long have you known about this? Since I was a kid. Then why didn't Krillin and the others use it to train against the Saiyans? Why didn't we use it to train against the androids? They had... other training. Besides, they most likely would not have survived. I threw Goku in there once when he was a kid. I almost died. Hmm.